like so many greats before me, my career ended because of an injury. The last game of the season, my senior year of high school in football, I dislocated my shoulder. I had done it several times prior to that, but this time it was bad enough that I missed my senior year's basketball season and track season. Now, certainly, I didn't have any aspirations at all of going pro. In fact, I barely had a whisper of a hope of doing any of those things at the collegiate level. I was still bummed because I was looking forward to the opportunity of lacing them up one more time with my friends on the basketball court. And I had a legitimate shot of placing in the top three to five high jumpers in the state. I I had placed ninth previously. Okay, so maybe that's not much of a career to end, but still, I, I was a little bit bummed out that final injury of my final season of my final year of high school, well, it kind of finalized things. I would never play organized sports ever again. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with the phrase, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Well, the weird thing of it all is, yeah, sure, I, I missed playing basketball with my friends, and I definitely missed doing the high jump, but not as much as I thought I would. The truth is, I was so used to this chaotic rhythm of going to school all day and then playing sports for hours afterwards for practices of, of football that bled right into basketball, which then turned right into track season, and then right into summer training, where honestly it felt like I hardly ever had a day off. And then of course sprinkle into all of that that I was heavily involved with DECA, which is a school marketing club that many of our students still participate in today. And I was the main sound guy for our church every weekend. And I was also in the student worship band on Wednesday nights at youth group. And then AP homework and obligations with family and wanting at least a little bit of time to hang out with my friends. The truth is, it wasn't until I was forced to stop playing sports that I realized how exhausting it all was. Certainly, at first, I was devastated that I was having to miss out on a couple of my favorite things to do. But honestly, it wasn't very long before I started feeling grateful for my injury. It was because of that forced pause that I actually experienced what it was like to have a bit of margin in my life. And of course, without margin, this elusive sense of balance that we are all trying to find is completely impossible for us to achieve. Now believe me, I completely recognize that what we are all currently experiencing is significantly different than 
my poor sob story of not getting to play a couple of seasons of high school sports. In fact, I, I am completely aware that for some of you, the longer this goes on, the more it feels like you're falling into a pit that you're not sure you will ever be able to get out of. The longer this goes on, it feels like I step back and take a look at the fact that I've lost my job and I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to pay my bills. And with each passing day, I'm not even sure I'm gonna be able to, to put food on the table for my family. That's overwhelming. So please hear me say, if that's you, please let us know. We want you to let us know because we want to walk that journey with you. That's what the church is for, is to come alongside one another. We weren't designed to go through this life alone. We would encourage you, go on our Facebook page, go on our website to our Love First page, and there you can let us know about a need that you might have, that someone you care about might have, or also you can go on there and choose to meet one of those needs. Again, we so appreciate that we are a congregation, we are a people who are committed to irrational generosity. And we appreciate that now, maybe more than ever, a lot of you are showing that. But if you need to be on the receiving end of that generosity, that's okay too. We would love to do what we can. We completely recognize that this is hitting some of you way harder than just not being able to watch sports or take your kids to practices so that you can have a bit of a reprieve or go to the gym. But for a lot of us, I'm hoping that on some level, this forced pause feels a little bit like my forced pause in high school did. I hope that it's serving to show us that the reason our lives felt so completely overwhelming and out of balance at times is because we just had way too much on our plates. And the sad thing is that too often when we feel out of balance, instead of running to Jesus, that pursuit of Jesus is one of the first things to go. We say things like, I can't go to church. Sunday or Saturday, those are my only days to get a breather. Or I couldn't possibly contribute at Plum Creek because there's just way too much going on for me to be able to commit to just one more thing. I can't practice irrational generosity. My finances are spread way too thin as it is. And of course, all of those things are completely secondary to the fact that I can't even find five minutes in my day to read my Bible and pray. If I can't connect to Jesus, how am I supposed to be able to connect to you even though we say that we are created for connection? I hope this forced pause has helped us to see that when we live as if everything is a priority, then really nothing is a priority. 
It reminds me of a friend that I had in college. I remember we were in the library studying for a test one time and I look over and I noticed that he was reading through one of his test books, textbooks before the test and I just started laughing because he was staring at two pages that were both completely covered in highlighter. He had literally highlighted every word on both pages. I just kind of chuckled and said to him, bro, if you're gonna highlight everything, you might as well highlight nothing. But that's honestly how we tend to live our lives. We say that pursuing Jesus is important, and yet we actually spend no more, or maybe even significantly less time and energy doing it than we do many of the other things that fill our schedules. Everything in our lives is highlighted, which means nothing in our lives is highlighted. The problem is that we try to find balance with Jesus and. I'll follow Jesus as long as it can be Jesus and the five sports seasons at a time for my kid. Jesus and my 80-hour work week. Jesus and popularity and fame and social media and the Netflix show that I'm currently binge-watching. Listen, none of those things are necessarily bad things unless they are keeping us out of balance in our pursuit of Jesus. In fact, our main thought for the day is this. Balance isn't Jesus added to all. It's Jesus above all. It's not Jesus added to all, it's Jesus above all. It's not saying, Jesus, I'm going to sprinkle you into all of the other stuff that I've got going on and hopefully you'll make it all better. It's not Jesus through addition, it's Jesus through elevation. In Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16, we have Mark's record of Jesus calling the first disciples. Starting in verse 16, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Now, the disciples' response here is interesting because they didn't say, Hey, Jesus, listen, I'll tell you what, I can give you an hour every weekend. They certainly didn't say, oh, hey, I appreciate that shout out, but you know what? My sketch is pretty slammed today. Maybe we can talk tomorrow. No, they literally left everything behind. Their greatest possessions, their livelihood, their father. For them, following Jesus wasn't something that they tried to fit into all of the other things that they were already doing. Following Jesus for these men, it was an all-or-none proposition, and so they left everything behind and followed him. I think way too often the stress and anxiety that we feel, certainly outside of clinical anxiety, I think it has way less to do with our circumstances and the painful events that happen to us, though there are certainly seasons where that is the case. Again, like right now, 
you couldn't control the pandemic. You couldn't control that you lost your job. You certainly couldn't control that your loved one just passed away and you haven't been able to have a funeral for them. Those things are very real and they are painful. But I think more often than not, that stress, that anxiety is way less about those circumstantial things that happen to us and more about the chaos and lack of balance that we create for ourselves by trying to do too much. By trying to keep up with the Kardashians. I mean, look at all of the stuff that they are doing. All of our people that we follow on social media. I guess if I'm going to be successful and happy, I have to keep up. I've got to at least do that much. And we ask Jesus to come in and bring peace and balance to the mess and chaos that we've created, while at the same time refusing to let go of any of the very things that are keeping us from finding that sense of balance. When what Jesus really wants to do is, is bring balance by removing the chaos and the mess that we've created by calling us to leave it all behind and follow him. By, by making sure that he is our one true priority. Because again, balance isn't Jesus added to all. It's Jesus above all. And if anything else is keeping us from finding that balance with him, he wants to teach us how to let go of it, at least for a season. Because when this, when Jesus takes the top spot for our priority, and when our, our actions, our, our words, our relationships, when our very lives reflect this priority, that elusive balance that we all want so badly to find, it actually becomes obtainable when we aren't trying to find that balance while also holding on to way too much. Yeah, yeah. It's shaky at first <laughs> because it, it's new. It's, it's a weird feeling. It's, it's something that takes practice. And it's, it's uncomfortable at first because we know that people are looking at us, probably even judging us, wondering what in the world are they trying to do? It's maybe even painful or panic-inducing because all of our thoughts are still on all of those things that we just put down, wondering, can we really live a life without them? It might even feel restricting because it's unnatural. 
it's it's countercultural, and yet the the longer that we stick to it, the longer we work at keeping him as our top priority, letting it permeate everything else we do, when every relationship we have, it actually starts to feel pretty freeing, pretty invigorating, letting Jesus carry all of those burdens for us. I mean, what was once awkward and painful, it starts to feel so incredibly life-giving and natural that we couldn't possibly imagine going back to life before. This kind of life certainly would not have been possible before. Suddenly, couldn't do these kinds of things before. But now we start to feel we start to feel what this life with Jesus feels like. And now as we start to find this balance, those things that used to keep us from finding that balance, now those things will be a tool that you can use to further his kingdom rather than your own. Those resources that used to consume our hearts are now resources that we can use to bless others. I mean, after all, Jesus regularly sent his disciples out to do ministry. Once he got them completely balanced, that was his ultimate goal, was to send them out to spread the gospel, utilizing the tools and skills that they had received in him, but also the tools and skills that they had before in order to build his kingdom. In fact, all those times that Jesus got in a boat with his disciples, where do you think that boat came from? Turns out it was pretty handy to have some experienced fishermen and sailors and their resources at his disposal. But all of that was only possible because they were first willing to walk away from it all in order to follow Jesus. Listen, this is Father's Day weekend. Dads, husbands who don't have kids, single moms who have to fill both roles, single men who need to lead yourself. Let me challenge you to lead the charge in this. Push your families toward balance by pursuing less rather than more. Spend some time as a family making a list of all of the things that were on your collective plate pre-COVID. And as things slowly start to reopen, and as restrictions are slowly lifted, and activities slowly resumed, I'd encourage you to utilize this forced pause to really evaluate what is worth rushing back to. I mean, all of those things that were keeping us out of balance with Jesus, we need to determine which of them are actually resources that if we put them in their proper place, beneath him as a priority, they would actually be a great resource to be able to build his kingdom rather than our own. And which of them are really just things that were distracting us and consuming our time, energy, and resources as we were trying to build our own kingdoms. Because remember, balance, 
It's not Jesus added to all, it's Jesus above.